Amen. I, I said this uh, just a few minutes ago, and I'm not to be repetitive, but I understand in a lot of ways it is summertime, and uh, we have a tendency a little bit in the summertime to kind of uh, check the boxes off on days because uh, a lot of times we're preoccupied with things going on, but unfortunately, uh, life does not stop based off the calendar. Problems don't go away. Situations don't cease. Uh, you know, you can take a vacation from your job, but it's hard to take a vacation from life. And so I believe today that God wants to do something here in this place. And uh, I, I don't purposely, uh, there are several times, let me take that back, there are several times that I have felt a direction over a multiple um, service uh, several months ago now. In fact, it's been a little while. Uh, we did a series on um, speaking in tongues, and we did five services dealing with different aspects of that. So there are times uh, that that is a conscious choice, but a lot of times uh, that's not really something uh, that's consciously done. But I was meditating, praying um, this week about what the Lord wants to do today, and um, a thought was placed in my spirit, and I kind of took a step back and looked at the last few weeks and realized there seems to be a pattern or a theme that is developing here, not based off anything that I had uh, originated with myself. I feel like it's orchestrated by the Lord. We talked several weeks ago about hunger, and we used the donuts, and then this week, we're, last week, we talked about uh, uh, the progression and desire for the Spirit of God to move in our lives. And, and without really even putting all that together and thinking about that, I want to uh, talk to you today as the Spirit would help us on this subject. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? You can go ahead and be seated. We're going to for those of you that don't read your Bible any other time of the week, we're going to read a little bit today and catch you up on your Bible reading. So I want you to sit and be comfortable for a minute and uh, not get distracted because your feet are hurting. Praise God. I was, was that mean? I wasn't trying to do that. Second Kings uh, chapter 2, verse number 1 says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went down. I'm reading out of the uh, New King James Version. So if you see a difference in what you're reading and what I'm reading, I'm not making this up. It's a different version. Just doing it a little clearer and understanding for you, the hearer. Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said unto Elisha, Stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now notice Elisha. I know this can get a few confusing, Elisha and Elijah. But notice Elisha's response. He said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Notice the progression there from Gilgal to Bethel. Verse 3, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said unto him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today. And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said unto him, Elisha, stay here. 
please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, you ever notice this? This is not in the message today, but you ever notice that there are people that always seem to follow the move of God and analyze it, but never want to get involved in it. Look at the sons of the prophet. They weren't involved in what was going on. They were just trying to catch the tail end of it, but they wanted to analyze it and tell you how it's supposed to be, but they didn't want to do any of the work. Hallelujah, amen, amen, and amen. Verse 5, Now the sons of the prophets were at Jericho, came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master over you today? And he said, Yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives. Notice his response every time. As the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, at a distance. While the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, as they crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now if you... To understand the context of what we are looking at right now, we've got to go back a little bit uh, in the pages of the Word of God uh, to 1 Kings. And we find uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18, one of the greatest showdowns in all of history. We find Elijah was facing the prophets of Baal, 450 of them versus one man. At the time... The area that they were in, the nation that they were in, were suffering from a great drought. And not to, not to go too deep in the, the details of the story, but basically they had a showdown to see which God was the best. And so they brought, they sacrificed, placed it on the altar, and the 450 uh, prophets got out there and they started doing all kinds of stuff and going crazy trying to invoke their God to come down and and consumed the sacrifice with fire. And it's actually a quite uh, hilarious story if you read it. Uh, that the Bible does have some good humor in it. And this is one of the best in there. Because this is where Elijah starts to call out to them and says, Is your God on vacation? Is he sleeping? Did he like, did he knock, his, knock himself out? I mean, he's not listening. And so they do this. And then finally Elijah gets up for his turn after the prophets of Baal had done their thing and nothing happened. He gets up there and he says, you know what? This is too easy. This is too easy. Bring water. And he brought water, which was interesting because they were in the middle of a drought, so he brought water that they really couldn't spare. He poured all the water on top of this sacrifice on the wood, soaked it to the point the Bible says that it had begun to kind of create a moat around this. He spoke a simple prayer and boom, fire of God comes down and consumes this. Part of that process takes place and we go a little farther in the chapter of eight, in chapter 18 and, 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 and finally Elijah says there's going to be rain. That's where you hear the sound. Some of you have heard this preached on. That's where the phrase comes. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And uh, we, we see this happening. And then something interesting happens at the end of verse 18 that if you read through it, you kind of miss it. But it's quite interesting. 
it says that Elijah, the Spirit of the Lord came on Elijah, and he outran a chariot. Now catch that. A man outruns a chariot. I want you to just for a moment think with me. You're driving down Route 50, doing 65 miles an hour. You look over and some dude passes you in robes and a sandals. You're looking at that guy going, what is he using? I want that. But there are times in our lives that, that we move in ways that you can't move in your own way, but you get out of the natural and move into the supernatural. You, you move in prophetic time. You, you're able to go beyond where you are now and, and you're able to go beyond where God is moving now and be able to see what God is going to do and anticipate what God is going to do. And, and God is able to move you out of the limitations of your today, out of the limitations of your frailty, your humanity, and, and allow you to move beyond that in places where you can't go on your own and show you things and, and let you experience things that, that may not be for today, but he'll give you a glimpse behind the proverbial curtain and show you what's going on around the corner. To, he said because the glory that was set before him, he was able to endure the cross. Every once in a while, God allows things to be put in your spirit. You may not even understand what they are, but he puts things in your spirit that you can begin to anticipate there's something down inside of you that's greater than where you are right now. You may not even understand what that is. You may not even be able to put it into context, but you know I'm not going to stay where I'm at. There's something in me. There's a seed inside of me that's been placed in me, not by my choosing, but the Spirit of God came over me, put something down in my heart and my spirit. I'm not staying where I am at right now. Don't judge me by today. There's something down inside of me that's greater. They've got a greater purpose, a greater understanding. That's why sometimes we go through situations and go through things. We don't understand why we're going through them right now. I coined a new phrase this week. I call it the wax on, wax off of ministry. The little fellow was sent out there and he was told, wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And he did that day after day. And after a while, he got frustrated. He went back to the teacher and said, Why am I out here doing this every day? You're supposed to be teaching me how to fight. And all you're telling me to do is wax on, wax off. He said, I'll give you something different. He went up and gave him a bucket of paint and a paintbrush. He said, paint up, paint down. Paint up, paint down. Wait a minute. Show me how to... Kick, show me how to fight, show me how to defend myself. All you got me doing is waxing on and waxing off, painting up, painting down. This has nothing to do with what I'm going to be. This doesn't make sense in the context of what I'm trying to become. It just seems like a waste of time. It seems like you're just getting me to do what you don't want to do. Wax on, wax off, paint up, paint down. Hire somebody to do that. I can, I want to learn how to fight. Finally, the teacher got so frustrated, he said, you don't understand what's going on. Because what you're doing right now that seems like it's mundane and, and monotonous and has no purpose and has no plan, and you're just sitting there day after day, waxing on, waxing off, painting up, painting down, is developing things in you that when you get to your purpose, 
the things that you developed in the foundation will begin to come to fruition and you'll begin to understand why I had to go out there every day, wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. Some of you are in the wax on, wax off stage of of development in your walk with God. You're going through things and doing things right now that make no sense to you. God, why am I going in? Why am I here? I, I need to be here. Why am I here? I want to be doing this and I want to be doing that and, and I, 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 want, I want you to do this in me and, and develop this in me and we, we get down with passion and prayer and we begin to say, God, I need you to do this in my life. I want you to move my life and God says, fine. And he puts something in our spirit. We step out of this prayer meeting. We think we are about to take on the world to show me a devil of my swift. I'm ready to go. And all of a sudden, now, God just seems to take a right turn and we're thinking how in the world did we end up here that's why the bible says and this is not where we're going today but it says wherever whatever your hand finds to do do it with all your might i look back on the progression of my life and what god took me through in my life and 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 my wife and i have talked about this several times it's quite remarkable we didn't plan it, it wasn't something that we sat down and did obviously but if our lives her, my wife and my life mirror each other in a lot of ways in ministry because we both started off as helpers in Sunday school. We both did bus ministry. We both started off as helpers in youth and then we led youth and then we, we did this and we did that. And it seemed like a lot of the stuff that was going on didn't really make sense. God, you know, you're calling me to do this, but why am I over here doing that? And 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 going through a lot of it, it didn't always make perfect sense, you know? We all kind of want to pass go and go straight to the finish line and, and get to where God's wanting us to go without getting the steps in order to get there. Am I making sense today? And we get frustrated and then we miss out on really what God's going to do and then we... Instead of getting there fully developed, we get it, we get there and we become handicapped. And God then has to backtrack and go do things in our development that should have been done on the way. And that's why some of you get so frustrated because you can't anticipate things in you that God put there, anointings ministries, giftings that are in you. Some of you young men right now, some of you young ladies in you right now, you can feel these things in your spirit. But don't let the gifting outrace the process. I'll say that again, you missed that. Don't let your gifting outrace the process because God knows exactly when to get you to where you need to be at the time you need to be there. Because you know what? Everything we do in our lives, we're racing a clock inside our head. Everything, especially as you get older, you're starting to race a clock. Because the clock is going faster. And you're trying to keep the sand in the hourglass, and the sand keeps coming out of the hourglass faster. And the older you get, it breaks the hourglass. But really, in a lot of ways, time is a figment of our imagination. Because time is what we perceive it to be. Because you know what? There is no such thing as a move of God. I got your attention now, didn't I? 
There's no such thing as the move of God. Because God is without dimension. God can't move. So how can there be a move of God if God can't move? Let me demonstrate. I'm here. I'm here. In order for me to go from there to here, I have to move. But for me to stop being there, I have to be a cessation of me being there for me to be here. Now, if I cease to be there to be here, there will still be. But if God ceases to be there to be here, then there will not be. Because there is dependent on God being there. Let me run that back again because you missed it. If I move from there to here, I have to stop being there to be here. But that doesn't mean there is no longer there. It's still here. You can see it. But because God is everywhere, if God moves, then there will no longer be because there is based on the Creator being there. So what does it mean to be in a move of God? It doesn't mean that God moves. It means that we move in God. Is that when we get a move of God, it finds out we finally catch up to where God is moving. See, the problem with that is it puts emphasis on us, not on God. Because most of the time we want God to move because we're too lazy to move. We want God to move because we, we want it to be on His. We want to put the pressure on God. Well, God, you got to move. You got to move. God's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm already there. I'm waiting for you to catch up to where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you something. I said it several weeks ago in worship. That's why the term, oh, magnify the Lord, as we think about it, doesn't really make sense because how can you magnify something that's already big? If something is already as big as it can be, how can you make it bigger? It doesn't make it bigger because magnification doesn't change the size of what you're looking at. It changes the perspective of how you see it. So when David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me, he's saying, see something in God you don't see right now. See God in a different way. See God in a different light. Because ultimately, you and I are bound by this thing called time. There was a quote by a great Hebrew scholar. He said this, God must abide in all times at the same time Lest if God ceases to abide in any time, that time ceases to be, and every time that's based on that will be disconnected. Let's say that one more time. In plain English. If God, if, if, if God does not abide in all time, then the time that God vacates cannot be. Because He's omnipresent. So if that time ceases to be, then everything based on that time can't be. If that's true about today, it's true about yesterday. Let's go all the way back. Ready? First day. He says, let there be light. He moves into the second day and he separates the earth from the sky. But if he moves into the second day, his, his being into the second day, what's happening on the first day has to stop. 
Now we're going somewhere. I know you, some of you are like, where in the world are we going? We're going somewhere. So if he stops being here to move into the second day, then the light that he created in the first day stops. So he creates the earth and sky in the second day. But God is not bound by time. So while God is creating earth and sky in day two, he's still over here in day one saying, let there be light. When he moves to day three and he creates the land and the sea and the grass and the trees, he's still over here in day two dividing earth and sky and still over here in day one saying, let there be light. When we go over to day four and he creates the sun, moon, and stars, he's still in day three creating land and sea, grass and trees, still in day two separating earth and sky, and still in day one saying, let there be light. When we get to day five and he creates the birds and the bees and the, and the fish in the sea, he's still in day four creating the sun, moon, and stars, still in day three, Still in day two, still saying, let there be light. When he gets to day six, and he gets down into the dust of the earth, and he creates this form, and he breathes into it, and the Spirit of God, and man is born. He's still in day five, creating birds and bees and the fish in the sea. He's still in day four with the sun, moon, and stars. He's still in day three with the land and the sea and the grass and the trees. He's still in day two with the earth and sky, and he's still in day one, saying, let there be light. When he gets to day seven, and looks back at everything he did, he said, I'm, I'm off the chain. I am, I am a bad man. He's still in day six, creating man. He's still in day five, with the birds and the bees and the, and the fish in the sea. He's still in day four. He's still in day three. He's still in day two. He's still in day one. Now, what does that have to do with you and me? I'll tell you what it has to do with me. If you've got a genetic disorder, the doctor can only treat what you have today. The doctor can't go back in time and change where that genetic disorder came from. They call it, I read out this, it's fascinating, called epigenetics. If you never read on epigenetics, it's a fascinating deal. And one of the things that, that they did in discovering the, 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 the growth of epigenetics is, is iPhone use. And they say that literally using an iPhone, swiping that thing hundreds of times a day. Now it's, I guess, typing your password, but before it's swiping it. That literally, that through epigenetics, that begins to change your DNA. And as that DNA is changed that DNA that is morphing inside of you is passed on to your children. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's crazy to think as a two-year-old, I watched my daughter at two-year-old look at that iPhone and go, I'm like, how in the world does a two-year-old just pick it up quite like that? They're saying that through the epigenetics that it can begin to change what's going on in your internal structure. So if God is able to abide in all places all the time, if I've got something going on me, the doctor, whomever, can only treat what's going on today. But God is able to step back 
back into my past from wherever that began, wherever that, that first cell mutation, that first G- DNA change began to take place. And from that moment, there's some of you in here today that you have had things passed down from generation to generation. It has moved in your family. My grandfather was like this. My grandfather, my father was like this. Now I'm going to be like this. But the Bible says old things passed away. I know we don't believe this. I know we don't believe it, but it's still the book. Old things passed away. Behold, all things made new. That means when I get down in that water, in the name of Jesus, is called over my life. It doesn't just change my eternal destination. So you know what that means? That means I don't come from my mother. I come through my mother. Because when I get baptized in my in the name of Jesus, my eternal origin changes. No longer do I come from my mother, but now I've come through my mother. Because I've got a heavenly father that steps in and says, listen, I don't care where you've come from, who you are, what the past says. Now you've been bought with a price, washed in the blood, and now you are my child. Some of you today, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you today live in fear of what you're going to become because what used to be or what's going to be or what was said was going to be. But by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I come against every curse, every generational curse in the name of Jesus. I bind it right now. I speak against it by the blood of Jesus. Hey, I can take you to the spot. My wife is here today to testify of it. I can take you to the spot in my parents' house with me crawled up in a ball with my father's hand on me. And at that moment, the generational chain that was around me, that was choking the life out of me, that was trying to pull me away from what God was doing at that moment I can take you to the spot where God stepped in and said enough is enough so you know what you can claim your addiction because that's what's going to be you can claim your situation because that's the way it's always been but I serve a God who is able to step back in time And say enough is enough. Want to see something crazy? The Bible says, put that up there in case they don't think. I'm reading out of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, right? Old things passed away. Do you know what that word old means? It means magistrate, power, principalities or things that rule you I can't change the sins of my grandfather my grandmother I can't go back in time and and change what they allow to get in my family tree 
I can't change the choices of my father and my mother and what they were and who they became. But when I get washed in the blood of Jesus and when I get filled with the Spirit of God, according to the Word of God, I no longer have to live under the penalty of what came before me. Because God, who is able to abide everywhere all the time, is not bound only to treat where I'm at right now, but God is able to step back all the way to the beginning of time. Why is that important? Because you know what? I've got three kids. It's got to stop somewhere. I don't want my kids to face what I had to face. I don't want my kids to live with what I had to live with. I don't want my kids to face the same demons I had to face. So when God comes in and he says enough is enough and the hand of God steps down and breaks that chain, not only is it breaking off what me, but then it begins to move in the durations that are to come, that are coming out of me. Some of you today are living in so much fear. In fact, you're going to stop. We're going to stop right here. I don't care if we don't get the rest of this message. We'll do it next week. If you're in this place today and you feel like you're living under the fear of something that's been passed down in generation after generation, I'm not going to go far and say generational curse, whatever you want to call it, but you feel like you're living under the shadow of what was and you feel like... But no matter what you do, you're going to become that. And as you, you're just trying your best not to do it, but it just seems like it's going to come. I want you to stand right here. Stand up. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. Woo! I know some of you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you about five more seconds for the rest. Some of you other need to get some faith, but... We're going to skip on by. God's going to do something right here. We're going to just cut this thing off right now. Hey, folks, either this thing is real or it's not. If it's not, let's pack our bags and go home. But if it's real, the Word of God says that I have a right and the authority to cut the chains off of my life that have been passed down generations those of you that are standing I want you to simply lift your hands right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the authority of the word by the power of the name of Jesus I take dominion and authority over every generational curse that's in this place right now in the name of Jesus I bind every generational disease I bind every generational addiction I bind every generational vice I take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus I bind the spirit of addiction I bind the spirit of fornication I bind the spirit of lying I bind it in the name of Jesus I bind every spirit of 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 sickness that has been passed down in the name of Jesus. Come on, let the Holy Ghost rise up in you right now. Come on, let the sword of the Spirit get a hold of you right now. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak the blood of Jesus in this place right now. I speak the blood of Jesus in this place right now. I speak the blood of Jesus in this place right now. Come on, church, this is an apostolic church. Stop sitting around waiting for something to happen. But why don't you close your eyes and begin to let the Spirit of God rise up in you? Come on, there's something happening right now. Just press a little farther. There's something beginning to move right here, right now. I hear chains beginning to break. Destinies are changing right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're near somebody right now, put your hand on them. Begin to let the Lord pray through you. Come on, we're stopping right here. We may not go farther than this because God is doing something in this place right now. Name of Jesus, come on. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray until it breaks. Pray until it breaks. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on, you're fighting for your future. I will not be chained to the past any longer. I will not be chained to the past any longer. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Old things passed away. Old things passed away. Old things passed away. Yes, come on. God's moving in this place. Don't stop. Come on, don't stop. Don't get distracted. There's something deep moving in this place right now. There's something deep moving in this place. Come on. Chains are being broken. Darkness is lifting. Depression is fleeing. Addiction is being broken in this place. The power of the blood of Jesus is moving in this house. Yay!
something. Come on, God is moving. Don't get distracted. Come on, if you're still here and you want God to do it and you stand by your feet, raise your hand in the air. There is something powerful moving in this place. There's something deep moving in this place. Oh, in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Come on, the spirit of ministries in this place. We're not moving past this. If this is all we do, this is all we're going to do. There's a spirit of ministry in this place right now. Come on. We're cursing generational shame. We're cursing generational things. Down to the very fabric of their nature. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 In Jesus' name. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, 
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. in the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You see, I, I preached about this. We'll have, we'll have to finish this next week. I preached about this several months ago now. Forgive me just for a moment. But the Bible says, He who the Son has set free is free indeed. Those two words, free and freed, aren't the same words. They're actually two different words translated there. Free and freed. Because in the time that that statement was written, there was the difference between being a freed man and being a free man. They weren't the same thing because if you were a slave, you could become freed. But just because you were freed did not make you free. Because a slave could not erase the fact that they used to be a slave. They could become freed, but they could never erase the past and what they used to be. So they always carried around the stain of being a slave. But when the Bible says, he who the Son has set free is free indeed, that means to you and I that a slave could not erase its past. Because in order for a slave to become a totally free man... He would have had to go back to either his birth or the time that he first became a slave and erase all of that. So the best he could do was start at where he was. But the Bible says that when God steps into our life, he's not just interested in us starting from where we begin today. He's actually interested in going all the way back to the very beginning. 
I know this is crazy to a lot of us. And we don't believe it because it sounds too good to be true. But the Bible says that when I get baptized in that name, and I'm pointing back there in case you're wondering, it's not, it's not something special. That's where the baptistry is. I know some of you are like, why is he pointing back there? But when I get baptized in the name of Jesus, do you know what that literally means? That means God goes all the way back to the moment you came out of your mother's womb. And he gets into that birthing room and he knocks that doctor aside or that midwife or whoever says, get out of the way. And God gets in that birthing room. And when you come out of the womb, you don't come out to the mother and the father you were born to, no matter how good or bad you think they were. You come out to your new father. Because he's not interested in simply stepping in to where you are right now. He's actually interested in going back all the way to where it begins. But then he even offers something greater than that. Because he offers not only to go back to where it begins. He's offering to go back even farther than that and say where it came from. Because there's some of you today, literally, I testify this. I had it on both sides of my family, this generational thing that was passed down. I'm not going to go in and describe it, but it was passed down. I could, you could see it strong throughout my family tree. You could see it all the way back. I'm not talking about just a generation. I'm talking about going back three generations. You could see it at least. And it's probably more, we just stopped digging after a while because that was enough. And I could see this starting to curl its way down the family tree. And boom, it stopped with me. And even though my father had done things to stop it, a lot of this stuff at the time he didn't know it and it was passed on. And and now I'm dealing with things that were getting in me and affecting my, my life and affecting my family and my future. That were, that were starting to tear at me. That I didn't know the source of where they were coming from. I just knew they were, they were overpowering me. And I know when God reached into that room. It broke that thing off of me. It changed my life. Because God's not interested in just, you know, cleaning you up a little bit. Make you feel good. And let's say, okay, let's start over again. He's not He's Interested in going all the way back and actually changing the fabric of who you are. I said this before, and you've heard me talk about this, but they, these, these Russians, scientists, they did this experiment, and they used sound waves and vibrations, and they pelted these cells I believe it was of a, of a, of a uh, I, want, I want to say a, a salamander, I believe it was. Pelted the cells of the salamander with vibrations, with sounds, with words. And literally, as it did that, they saw that through different vibrations, it actually began to change the cell makeup 
and the DNA makeup of that salamander. Why do you think God, of all the things he could have chosen, Brother Whaley, to manifest his spirit in my life, he chose to use sounds and languages? Because as I let his spirit flow through me, not only am I changing the world around me, but I'm actually changing me. There are so many of you today, precious people, that desire so much to do the things of God, but you feel so chained to a past or so chained to a predicted future. And so while others are experiencing what God is doing or going to do, you're so busy looking at what was. The Bible says, now faith. Now. Do you know now is the only true time there is? Now. Right now is the only true time. Because we think of time in a linear fashion. But the problem is, what's there will eventually be there. My future will eventually become my past. You don't believe me? Ten seconds of the future. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Ten just came up past. If it's true about ten seconds, it's true about ten minutes, it's true about ten minutes, it's true about ten hours, ten days, ten weeks, ten months, ten years, ten decades. So the only thing I can deal with right now is now. But the problem with now is, if you took a picture of it, by the time you develop it, it'd be then. If you try to describe it, by the time the words come out, it'd be then. But the Bible says, now faith. Now faith. We spend so much time believing for something. And as long as I believe for something, I'm always pushing it away from me. If I'm believing for what God's going to do, and I'm always saying, well, God's going to do this. Have you seen it yet? No, it's coming. I'm believing for it. For it. We're always pushing it away from us. But instead of believing for something, I'm believing from something. Because the Bible says faith, and I would get a little deep here, but allow me to do Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So faith starts as a seed. So a seed is something that is there and in development, even though you haven't seen it manifested on the surface yet. So a farmer is not believing for a crop. A farmer is believing from the time he planted that seed in the ground. The only thing the farmer's saying is, it's just not manifested yet. The farmer's not out there wringing his hands, hoping it will come up. The farmer knows it's already in there. Even though I haven't seen it yet, or you haven't seen it, when you go by my field and it looks dormant and dead and nothing there, and you say, well, it doesn't look like much is happening, the farmer doesn't get up there and start panicking, oh my goodness, what am I doing? There's nothing out in my field. The farmer says, I've done the work. You're only judging what you can see, but I know what's under the surface. And there's a lot of you that are believing for God to move in your life. For God to do this. For God to do that. And because of that, you're sitting around waiting for that magical moment, right? How many of you, you know you never can start a diet except on a Monday? It's like some kind of rule book, right? 
I'm going to start a diet Monday. And if you miss Monday and it's Tuesday, oh man, I got to wait six more days so I can start the diet over again. Monday's the only day in the rule book. There's something in every diet, South Beach, Jenny Craig, all of them, they say, they're fine, fine print, only can be started on a Monday. It's something about our nature. We always, we're always moving the start date farther and because of God's going to do this, but, but, you know, he's going to do it. I'm waiting for God to do it. No. I'm not believing for it. I'm believing from it. Because the reason I believe what I believe is because he put it in my spirit. I didn't just pull it out of thin air. I didn't just think it up with my imagination. So that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Somewhere along the line, God walked into my spirit, took a seed out and went, bloop. That seed got in my heart. Now, you may not be able to see it. You may look around and go, he's crazy for talking like that. He's crazy for acting like that. You know, if you ask the bishop, he said he's not believing for this church to be something. He's believing from the vision God gave him. He makes decisions all the time. I got to admit, sometimes sitting in meetings with him, he makes a decision. I scratch my head. I mean, how many of you, years ago, we're going to make a baptismal bus. We're going to drive around. Who in the world puts water on a vehicle to drive around? I mean, come on. Next thing you know, we have nothing left. And that baptismal bus becomes our lifeline. But if you're believing for something, well, you know what? God's going to eventually tell us and use us. So we've got to make sure that we're ready to, to jump on that bus whenever. No, no, no. We're believing from something. That's why there's so many times God gets us to do stuff that makes no sense. Some of you right now are so frustrated. Man, I wish I could get to the end of this. We'll get to it next week. Some of you are so frustrated right now because nothing makes sense. I'm frustrated because nothing makes sense. My wife and I almost talk daily about things because it doesn't make sense. Because we're here. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. What are we doing? But there's something in the seed of our spirit that God put there. I mean, I look across there and I think, well, you know, this is crazy. What are we doing here? What are we, what are we going through? We seem like we come here every Sunday and we're going through the motions. What's going on here? Because you know what? You don't know when the manifestation it's going to finally come through. You can sit out there, but that farmer knows I plant the seed. And he may know there's a period of time, but he doesn't know the exact moment. He can stand there and watch that seed pop out of the ground. If you want to see that, you better be there watching that because you don't know the moment when there's enough water, enough sunlight, enough nutrients, and enough time for that seed to finally work its way up out of the ground. So when God puts something in your spirit, I feel the Holy Ghost. When God puts something in your spirit, and there's so many of you that are carrying so much seed in you from the preach word, from prayer, from prophecy. You got all this seed and you're looking around going, what am I doing with all this? You can't miss any time there's an opportunity to get in the presence of God. You can't miss it because you don't know if that's going to be the time where you start to first see that first sprout come out of the ground. You can't miss a Sunday. You can't miss a week. You can't miss a prayer meeting because you don't know when that's going to be the time where God finally 
shows you that sprout that's been in you. But as long as you're believing, I'm just going to believe for it. I'm going to believe for it. You're pushing it away. Instead of believing for it, believe from it. People think you're crazy because you're talking as if it's already there. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith. Not tomorrow, faith. I say this all to, to everybody that I pray for to receive the Holy Ghost. I ask them one question every time. I say, do you believe you can receive the Holy Ghost? Yes. And the big question is, do you believe you can receive it now? And you know what I've heard in response? I believe I can receive it. I just don't know if I can receive it now. And you know what I say? Well, you know what? Let's just pray and ask the Lord to help you. And when you're ready, we'll pray again. Because I know it doesn't matter how much I pray for them, how many times I shoot a, mo- uh, shoot a mosquito and kickstart a Honda over them. It ain't going to work. I heard a good one the other day. Someone said when the Spirit hits you and you go EDDI, that ain't the Holy Ghost, you just call an Eddie. It doesn't matter how much I pray over them. They're not going to get it. Because they're putting their future, they're putting their spirits with God to a future date. But when they say, I want it. And I say, do you believe you receive it now? I believe I can receive it right now. And then I say, when you raise your hands, do you believe God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost? They say, I believe it. Boom. They open up, they raise their hand, they close their eyes. It doesn't take more than a sneeze. God can fill them with the Holy Ghost. Why? That's now faith. So many of you are, 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 are trying to predict and push things ahead of you. And God's looking around going, I'm actually ready right now. Because I've asked you something like right now. Do you believe God's going to do something in your life? All of you would say, I believe it. And I would say to you, do you believe God's going to start doing it now? And most of you in this room would go, I don't know about now. Right? Do, do you believe God's going to do great things and God's going to use you? I believe it. I believe it. Yes, I believe it. Do you believe God's going to start it now? I don't think so. Whoa, 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 whoa. If it works for receiving his spirit, which is the greatest miracle in the Bible, why is it exempt for our present circumstances? Now, if God's called you to do great things. Sometimes you walk around in the mundane wax off, wax off one world, not knowing what's going on. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not pushing what God's doing down the road. I believe God's doing it. It doesn't look like he's doing it. I can't, tell, I can't help what you see. I know what I can see and feel in here. I know you say, well, that just sounds like positive thinking. It's not positive thinking, it's faith. That's faith. That's the simplicity of faith. Faith says it's there even though I can't see it. Let's stand. Thank you, Brother Murphy, for rescuing me. Folks, I gotta, I've got to ask for your forgiveness. And I don't mean that to be trite. I mean that sincerely. I have to ask for your forgiveness. Because there's been several times over the last couple of weeks 
in meetings that I've made the statement, I believe God wants to do something great this fall over this next season of time. But by doing that, I'm killing what God wants to do now. Because I'm basically saying, you know, let's just fill in the next few weeks. And when it comes around to next, you know, the fall, God can finally do something. No, I believe God is ready to start doing things right now. Right now. Right in the middle of summer. Right in the middle of all kinds of stuff going on. God is ready. The fact of the matter is, are you ready? Now faith. Now faith. Jesus told the woman at the well, he said this, but the hour cometh and is now when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. That sounds like a contradiction. The hour cometh, but it is now. Is it coming? Is it going? Where is it? It is coming and it is now based off your perception. For those of you that believe it's coming, you're going to keep believing it's coming. But for those of us that are willing to start confessing it's here, how many of you have been around, don't, don't raise your hand, just, you can internally raise your hand. How many of you have been around Antioch a long time and you're like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing about what God's going to do and revival coming. I want to see something. We've said that a lot, right? You know why? Because we're always pushing. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. God's going to do it. God's about to do it. God's about to do it. And we just pushed it, shoveling it down the road, kicking the can down the road, kicking the revival and harvest can down the road. Why don't we start saying, you know what? God's doing it now. It doesn't look like it, Pastor. It's, it's the middle of summer. Where's everybody at? I can't help what you see. I know what God's doing. Either we're going to walk in the Spirit or let's pack our bags up. Either we're going to be a spiritual church and walk in the Spirit because the Bible says, how can you start something in the Spirit and finish it in the flesh? Either we're going to be a spiritual church and walk in the Spirit or let's quit. Go home. There's a golf tournament on today. I'll go home and watch it. Have more pleasure than just going to the motions of doing this. But if we're baptized in the Spirit filled with the Spirit, then let's walk in the Spirit. And just like Elijah, Elijah, sometimes the Spirit will take you places that you're not there yet, but will show you what's coming so that you can believe from something instead of for something. Jesus, I pray, God, you've done such a great work in here. You just, you messed up all, every any plan that I thought there was there. God, you came in with such a divine visitation today, and I, I know in my spirit, my heart, that you did miracles in here today. Even though we may not see them developed yet, I know that you did great things. Chains were broken. Lives were changed. Destinies were shaped in this room today by your mighty hand and your power. Now, Lord, I pray, God, we need your strength, your grace in our lives. Give us the faith to believe now. Give us the grace to believe now. That you're ready to do it now. That you're not going to do it. That it's not coming. But it is now. Now is the time. Today is the day. The moment we're in is the moment that you called us to be in. God, for those of us that are in that frustration 
phase of development where it seems like we're doing the mundane, the monotonous, where we can't connect the dots of our future because it seems like nothing seems to make sense. God, I pray that you would give us the patience to walk the road that you've called us to walk. And God, wherever we are right now, give us the grace to do that with everything in us. God, whatever stage of development we're in, God, give us the patience to be where we are, to do that with all our might. And you said as we have patience, patience brings hope. And God, as you allow us to do what we've called us to do, then you bring us hope for what you're going to do and you are doing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I speak all these things. I claim all these things. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, let the spirit of revival, the spirit of harvest, rise in our hearts and spirits that you are ready to open up the windows now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak these things. We claim these things. We profess these things. In Jesus' name, praise God. Don't forget tonight, Bishop Wright ministering. Be here if all possible. God bless you. Shake somebody's hand. Before you leave, God bless you.